With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Call Matty anytime. 1-300-01-1170 or text 0457-736-736. Welcome to Morning Glory with Matty Johns. Yes, welcome to Morning Glory for another glorious year. Lots of new segments coming up uh, this campaign. We're going to get to those. But uh, we've got Webster today. Movie of the week is Roadhouse. Ten minutes smoking camp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you heard it right, people. Maybe ten minutes, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> two breaks. Um, we're going to chat all events of the uh, the off-season NRL trials from last night, Super Bowl on Monday. Welcome to Sydney Morning Herald's Andrew Webster, Drifter Update. Anything, uh, anything you know no, about good. Webby? They're good. The drifters are they're drifting. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And I'm keeping away from him. You look good, Webby. Good. I'm, fat look... As, I'm fat as mud. No, it doesn't matter, mate. <laughs> it's been a good off-season. I'm looking forward to the year, Matt. Another yeah. year another year of vague opinions and bagging people. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> Particularly next week when Joey comes back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bloke at the bar, down at camp. Hey, Dan, how you doing, brother? Mate, I feel like a new man back from Europe at the end of last year, heading into this year. Feeling very, very excited. Have you had a spray tan? I haven't had a spray tan. I'm actually naturally golden. I just haven't been, you know. Because it's funny, when I stand next to you at the toilet, I notice you've got a G-string. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet maestro. How you doing? Very, very well. Very, very well, Matty. We're Excited gonna, to be back. It is good to be back. We're going to talk about in a second the Soccer World Cup. You nailed it. Congratulations. It was a South American World Cup. Thank you. Um, and it was a, a fairy tale. What everyone wanted to see, Leo Messi. I have an apology for Webby because mm. in the off-season as well, I sold him on a, a great story yes. about how well-behaved soccer fans were. Uh, about three weeks later, Melbourne Victory fans stormed the field and punched the goalkeeper in the head. So, <laughs> I owe Webby one. And, uh, and didn't the readers let me know? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, we knew you were the ringleader, mate. Uh, and uh, producer extraordinaire, Ben Hogarth. Hello, sweet Ben. How are you, mate? Good, mate. I'm very well. Now, listen, we're not going to let the cat out of the bag. I mentioned this yesterday on uh, on Sugar and, and Spice, uh, Fletch. But... Um, Last week, gentlemen, um, Ben basically masterminded a, a get on me at a uh, function. I'm not going to say exactly what it was, but it was a double banger, which resulted in me partially fainting. It mm. was a uh, – I'm still recovering. Yeah, and I, got, and I got some very aggressive text messages from Trish hours after it saying, you will pay for therapy. <laughs> <laughs> which I – yeah, which I – knowing Trish and her – Italian background, I am now worried. Yes. We've got the cement mixer in the backyard yep. as we speak. Uh, fellas, Webby, how'd you spend your break? Working mm. on this Wayne Bennett book that I'm allegedly writing. Yeah, right. So yeah. mostly that, yeah, but I didn't, I stayed, stayed local, didn't go far. Had my mum and dad come down for uh, Christmas mm. for a few days. Is your old man still laying bricks? He is still laying bricks as we speak in Coffs Harbour. Wow. I think this is his last job. He says that, but what he's going to do, I don't know. Well, that, that's just previous. Just adding more money to the return. That, Inheritance. That, that previous generation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bloodlust. <laughs> that previous generation. Aren't they like just seriously tough, stoic people? Yes. Like my, my dad worked for years and years and years down the coal mine till eventually they said, Gary, we can't let you go down there more because your knees are both gone and your back's gone. 
So he, he was in tears when they wouldn't let him go down that black hole anymore. And so what he did when he left there, the next day he got a job as a roofer. Mm. And you're going, mate. mate. See, I don't know what my dad would do. Yeah. I don't know what I'd do. And now, I saw. And, I was actually. You know, I, saw, I was actually talking to Danny Widler about retirement yesterday. Really? He said, "What are you going to do in retirement?" I said, "I don't. I can't retire. What am I going to do? Drink, drink schooners and play lawn bowls." That's a very good question. Isn't it wasn't it? that bad? Doesn't yeah. it? Where are you, Danny? Would you get away, mate? Got to Europe. Was there for about uh, eight weeks, seven, eight weeks. It was incredible. Absolutely everything that you could imagine, and even even the trip. We only missed one flight in the sense of it was cancelled. We didn't miss it. But outside of that. You know, didn't have many blues with the missus, which was great. What? Yeah, that's it was incredible. I'm sure you had a holiday. I couldn't believe it. That's the idea of going away to argue with your wife on foreign soil. <laughs> you had the same golden suntan look over there. Uh, yeah, because we did a lot of walking, a lot of walking, uh, and obviously we stayed in some beautiful places. Positano was probably your favourite. We loved the city of Paris. Uh, I love the look of Madrid in regards to like it's a bit newer and it's just a beautiful looking city, but. For us, Paris was the best. Just the the energy there and the amount of things we could do. Went to this. Uh, I was forced to, guys, forced to against yeah. my will. Yes. Crazy Horse. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it's basically uh, burlesque dancing, and it was. Oh. I, I was devastated. But yeah. let's just say it was a. There were some prime athletes on stage. Was it? Oh man, these guys oh, are actually wow. extremely athletic. Extremely athletic. Uh, that was a. And it was in Paris, so it's basically like the Moulin Rouge or whatever, mm. but better. Uh, but outside of that, mate, we uh, yeah had an incredible time. Got back and uh, ripped into some training. Italy, Italy, mate, it's so good. The, the devastating thing is so out, so we fly up from San Sebastian. We get uh, we're about to sorry board our plane to San Sebastian. They cancel that flight. Then we miss our flight to Rome. Rome's where I like wanted to go the most out of anything. So they cancel our flight and they're like, oh, by the way, sorry, we can't get you on tomorrow because there's a strike. So we had to sit in uh, Madrid for two, three days, we'd already been in Madrid and we basically missed our whole trip in Rome because we had to go straight into Rome and then down to Positano. Um, but outside of that, mate, it's just absolutely incredible and it just reminds you how small we are. Ed, I'll tell you what's really interesting. I never knew this, but Brian Johnson, the lead singer of ACDC, he's got a book out called The Lives of Brian. It's really interesting. And I never knew that Brian Johnson's mother is Italian. Brian Johnson's father, who, of course, knew from newcastle Pontine. They, in World War II, he met his mother over there and he said his mother, he never understood when he was a kid, but his mother used to sit every day, she used to cry and pine for Italy. Because imagine how, how different the north of England, mm. the far north of England, oh, was God, there it is. and he said, I never understood, until, he said, until I was about 10, when his mother took him back to the village where they're from in southern Italy and he just said, he got oh. there and went, this is paradise. What is she thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. It is, it is genuinely like the, the temperature is beautiful. It's, it's not humid, at least when I was there. And the amount of stuff you can do along the Amalfi Coast is just crazy. It was uh, a beautiful, beautiful trip. I, I think Italy was probably my favorite country, but Paris, my favorite city. Did you draw, do you, do you draw, let me spit that out. Did you drive for the Amalfi Coast? Is that the best way to do it? Um, well, so we didn't drive the Amalfi Coast. We basically, you can take like boats along the, the shoreline kind of thing, and you right. can also take a boat over across to Capri. Um, Jeez, when did you leave us battlers behind, mate? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, we also got to go to Monte Carlo, and it's oh. like in, like crazy expensive. Ferraris everywhere, Lamborghinis everywhere. That they, they almost... It's almost, they wear it on their sleeve in regards to like, we are proud that we're rich. Like mm -hmm. it is like, put it this way, as soon as we went in there, so everywhere else you go ac across Europe, you'll get a text from Telstra saying it's going to mm -hmm. cost you $10 per gig. 
So you get into Monte Carlo because it's a small country. Like it's, it's got its own, technically it's its own country. It's tiny, two kilometers, two kilometers long. As soon as you cross the border, it says, so normally $10 per one gig of data on your phone. Mm. Cross the border, $100 a gig in Monte Carlo. <sighs> Hundred dollars wow. a gig. What so is, that's a rot. That's ridiculous. I was about to move there too. <laughs> we were. You could afford that, couldn't you? It, oh, please. <laughs> um, there you go. Go buy yourself six gigs. Um, but we went to. I was taking Trish over to watch the Charlo Tim Zoo fight. And again, of course, I'm a tight ass. So I didn't, didn't do refundable tickets. And uh, of course, Charlo breaks his hand about a month out. So we decided to go over. And I did LA, New York, and Vegas. A couple of things. Like, as you get older, they say that you regress back into being a child. Trish and I went to Universal Studios. Um, we might have been a little bit uh, tipsy, let's just say. Uh, we went on and off the roller coaster about 50 times. We just had – I remember leaving Universal Studios, said to Trish, this is, could be just about the greatest day of my life. She goes, who are we? Anyway, <laughs> but here's one for you. Okay. The most probably hardcore rock venue in the world as far as a pub is Whiskey Go-Go. Yes, renowned. Famous. You know, every if you you know most bands have had at least one overdose there. Lots of stuff <laughs> going on. Anyway, so we go in. They said we've got to go to the whiskey. Anyway, there's this hard band on. Anyway, I uh, honestly, me and Trish just woke up in the hotel room the next morning, and I went, "What happened?" <laughs> right? And she goes, "I don't know, but I've lost my coat." And I said, no, "I've lost my license." I said, "We'll go back there tonight and." You know, we'll just, uh, we'll just, yeah, we'll see if, see if they're there. She goes, oh, God, I, I, I just hope we weren't too drunk. I said, oh, please. That's the whiskey a go-go. Come on. So now we go back and we go, out there, you know, I'm looking for my coat, license. Oh, sorry, ma'am. Sorry, sir. You know, we can't help you. We walk out and I say, well, see, Trish, there was no complaints. They've seen it all before. Next minute, this guy goes, hey. He runs down and he goes, he goes, I've just got to see these guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've never seen two people so drunk in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he says to Trisha, and you, you were so angry because I wouldn't let you back into the club so I get your jacket. And I said, well, we, we, have, we have made it. Yeah, uh, what about the States, though? Now, the smell of America is cannabis, is weed. Is it really? Just Well, that's appalling. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's disgraceful. And we've got him on the line, Andrew Johns. Well, uh, but you... Um, like you actually drive down the highway and you can smell it. People are just driving, having mm. joints. Like in New York City, walking down, they walk down Broadway and there's people just walking with these big fatties just smoking. I um, covered, I think I might have said it on this show before, but I covered NBA finals when LeBron was at Cleveland and, and they were up against Golden State Warriors. And I remember being in the Golden State, in the press, press, in the press conference. And I was sitting there going, and they're all asking questions of Steph Curry, who was playing for the Golden State Warriors, obviously. And um, we're sitting there, and I kept looking at her going, why can I smell weed? Mm. I can smell weed in the press conference room. Yeah. And then the story came out the next day that you could smell weed in the Golden State locker room mm. from some of the people that went in there. And that wow. was like, that was about five or six years ago. Jeez. But now yeah. it seems to be everywhere. Genie's out of the bottle. They mm. say Thailand's the same. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's legalised in Thailand, which is bizarre because, I mean, 15, 20 years ago, you're getting the death sentence for... You know, carrying that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, what's the great the, the great Chappelle Corby? Didn't she? Wasn't she carrying a bit of weed? She, yes, a bit. Allegedly, allegedly. Boogie board back. <laughs> allegedly, uh, boys. We'll talk about. We're going to talk about the cricket. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I suppose uh, NRL trials are on. Last night, uh, Tigers versus Warriors. Um, Warriors just belted them forty eight twelve. And you take it with a generous serving of salt this time of the year. But you can still see. What, 
what sides are trying to implement. I thought the Warriors, it was a real big confidence booster for the players and their coaching staff. They were really organised. And the thing that impressed me about the Warriors, one of the things was that you could see that every person knew what they, what they were trying to do every time they had the football. And you could see they believed in it. And it was great to see the Warriors return to their style of football, which is a power game. I thought their young forwards were outstanding how hard they hit the line. And, you know, look, uh, Metcalf and uh, Tamari Martin, I thought that those two guys were terrific. Sean Johnson to come back into the side. So some good signs around the Warriors. Oh, really, really good signs around the Warriors. I was speaking to Webby before, and it was almost a tale of polar opposites in, in regard to. So Tigers go in in their market and they get these big, big names. They get Tim Sheens. They get um, uh, Papali on the edge there. They get uh, Johnny Bateman. Whereas Warriors kind of go the opposite of get a bunch of battlers, really. They go out in the market, get guys for value, bring in a coach that's never coached before. So it's almost like polar opposites. And it, I understand that Tigers didn't have their best side. Let's just get that disclaimer out of the way. It's yes. a trial. Get this disclaimer out of the way. But at the same time, they look super clunky. They Yes, Warriors may have had one or two players that had a bit more experience, but they looked – it's not about the, the result. It's about how did they look when their plays were set? How did they look with their communication? And the Warriors looked as slick as they ever looked, so yeah. slick that I reckon that Metcalf and Tomato Martin are going to put pressure on Sean Johnson to get that round one spot. Without a doubt. The way Metcalf plays, to watch the Warriors, big young forwards bend the line back, play the ball quick, and then Metcalf just to take the ball and attack straight with his speed, that's that's what you want in 2023. Mm. That's, that's a great uh, – that, that's the blueprint. On, on Look, on the Tigers, Webby, mm. Denon, when I watched it, I thought to myself, Geez, they, they really lack discipline in the football, but it was more than that. They just lack good old-fashioned concentration. Mm. Like some of the some of the forward passes, some of the drop balls, it was just like Sheens, you'd be looking going, boys, you just, where are your heads at? Sheens, there's no doubt he'll fix a lot of that. He's seen it all before and adjusted it, but I think he, he would have been sitting up the box going, man, this is a bigger job than even I thought. Uh, New Year, same Tigers. It sort of had a bit of that feel about it. And, and look, their team was... Nowhere near at full strength. They had yep. hardly any of their their big names, particularly the two big name signings. But you would have expected more out of them for the first game. And given that this was supposed to be the mm. the new revolution at the Tigers, mm. my concern with the Tigers is that the changes were cosmetic. You know, in terms of the coaching staff, I, I, I desperately wanted to work because I have a lot of respect for for Tim Sheens. But my concern is that the chair and the CEO of that club. Um, were under enormous pressure and got, you know, three of the biggest names in the club's history, in the joint ventures history, to to come aboard and coach them. So, yeah. you know, it's going to take a lot more than just name to to turn the Tigers around. And it's it's one thing to say, right? There were no stars there, and people say, yeah, it's only a trial game. But when young guys are fighting for a spot, they're giving it everything they got. In all my years of playing at the Knights, mate, we took our trials serious because it was an opportunity to build confidence in the camp cohesion, cement your spot. Mm. Which so remember the old Tui's Cup? Tui's Challenge. Tui's Challenge? Yeah. That was that, that was, was great. Well that but that meant that meant a lot. Yes. I remember when Illawarra won that that year, remember? It was like mm. it's like they'd won the grand final. Well remember when South beat uh, the Broncos in That's no, right. nineteen ninety four and uh, they got on stage and as Fields he took the check, he said, Well uh, what about that, eh? He said, uh, um, everyone thought we'll never know bodies now we're Sammy somebody's <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll do. We'll take a break and come back with Webster.